Welcome to Killer Women with your host, best-selling author, Danielle Girard. And now, Danielle's next killer woman. Welcome to Killer Women Podcast, a proud member of the Authors on the Air global network with more than 4 million listeners. I am your host, suspense author Danielle Girard, and my guest today is Pooja Guha. Pooja grew up and has worked all over the world, something which she channels into her writing, incorporating settings from New York to Madagascar to Iran. So far, she has published four spy thrillers, an international family drama, and a psychological thriller. Her spy, series, her spy thriller series, The Erebon Legacy, is an Amazon bestseller. The series begins with the spirit of destruction in which former spy Petra Shirazi comes face to face with the Ariman, a deadly Iranian assassin named for the Persian spirit of destruction. The rest of the series follows their adventures together, and in the most recent, recent book, Beckoning from the Shadows, they become embroiled in a power struggle with Chinese intelligence that begins in Paris and culminates in the African Great Lakes region. Her recent psychological thriller, Sirens of Memory, was named one of the best crime fictions, fictions books of 2021 by Diverse Voices Book Review. Welcome, Pooja. Hi, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to have you. And I'm sorry I'm stumbling all over all those words, but there, we got them. I got most of them out. That's about how, that's about my success level these days. Uh, okay, well, so first of all, you have so many things to talk about. It's super exciting. Start by talking to us about the spirit of destruction. Oh, absolutely. Um, so uh, do you mean in terms of plot? Where the yeah, just tell us from? like a little teaser. We'll get to that. I want to hear about that too. But let's just start with like, for your people who haven't read you yet, tell us about this book. <laughs> okay. So um, this plot is basically, so Kuwait, which is where I grew up, um, has a very nuanced political system where you have a really progressive monarch and actually a democratically elected parliament that's much, much more conservative, super Islamist, in fact, sadly. Uh, and so they butt heads all the time. And then the emir, the monarch, fires them and it goes back and forth. And I came up, the idea was just like, why wouldn't the, a member of the Islamist faction uh, hire an assassin to take out the emir? So that was right. the central teaser for the book and then the the stakes kind of get bigger and bigger as it's involved um involving a major oil deal and um interests from iran and different power struggles and things like that right well so tell us about how you know the idea obviously came from this um from you know from the, the your real life experience growing up in kuwait but how did petra come to you and you know sort of how did you develop her she just showed up. Um, it's, it was like she wasn't there. And then um, I started initially just putting some thoughts on paper about um, the plot that I was just talking about, with, yeah. you know, the political factions and things like that. And then it's like, oh, who's going to be the heroine? And I always, hero or heroine, I guess at that mm. point it was. And I just knew it was going to be her. Um, I knew I wanted to work with a lead female character um I think that was always there but she just appeared to me as this mixed race grew up in Kuwait like me but um was also from this Iranian background 
Yeah, she's got a good, like a complicated mix of of history as well. Um, and you know, sort of as you were writing it, like what were your sort of favorite discoveries you made about, I mean, no spoilers, but can you tell us a few things that you're like, oh my God, that's so great. I love that she does that. Cause I do feel like it's <laughs> funny that you just, you said like she was just there and it's true. Like, I think oftentimes we don't like sit down and, and manufacture a character. It's, they somehow come at least partially formed to the page and you're like, wow, where the hell did she come from? So I just want to hear like, as you got to know her, what are some mm -hmm. of your favorite things about her? If she was like a girlfriend. <laughs> um, I love that she kicks ass, but she's also vulnerable. Yeah. She's not, you know, just a robot or something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, she's had her own fair share of trauma that she's dealt with in different ways. And um, and despite sort of trying to leave this kind of spycraft life behind she's very motivated by this idea of the greater good and what that can mean. Right, right, yeah. And did Pedro come to you first or, or I'm gonna, am I gonna mispronounce his name, Kasem? Kasem. Um, they came to me basically at the same time that, because mm -hmm. I mean, in a way they sort of have, Oh, you know, they have some similarities in their backgrounds. They're a little bit character mirror-ish at some points, which mm -hmm. I only realized after. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, they sort of appeared to me at the same time and then uh, helped push each other's development because I got to know them both together. As you, as you write this book, are you, a, you know, are you somebody who plots out the story? Like, tell us about your process. So this is the, one of the, um, the, um, craziest things I've had to realize, you know, book by book. So with that first book, and I thought this would be my process after that, but you know, my, that first book, I didn't plot at all. I just sat down, wrote, and you know, every day more developed and more came to me. And I, and I did, of course, do a lot of revision work, um, as we all do. We but, all do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, especially working with the timelines and things like that, that um, just to make sure that I didn't have any inconsistencies and that everything right. lined up um, and wasn't too confusing for a reader. Um, but, and I, I thought that I would be a pantser throughout my process. And with each book, sadly, it's been different. Sorry, okay. there's some there's garbage truck outside. They're so loud. Um, so that, tell us what you mean by that. Like, yeah, what do you mean by... How has it been different and and what, you know, how has it evolved? So like, what was the next, what was the second book like? I'm curious to know if there's like, if we can, if, if we can identify that there's a, you know, you're moving closer to something else or just. I think at this point, I would say it varies book by book. So with the second book I did, I started out mostly pantsing and then I plotted out the last, probably like 30,000 words or so. So the mm -hmm. last third ish maybe mm -hmm. a little bit uh, more than a third um and then with the following book um plotted a little bit more um and then with the fourth book in the series I plotted the whole thing thinking okay I'm moving in that direction this is how it's working and then I started writing it and I had to throw that whole outline out the window. So, um, and then kind of ended up in this in-between process where I would write some and then go back to the storyboard and go back and forth. Yeah. Um, 
And, uh, you know, my standalone Sirens of Memory, I completely plotted that one and stuck to it. So now God, right. You're like, (laughs) there's no rule. I hate that there's no rule. I think that I I, I find myself more on the like, um, you know, I have an idea and I kind of plot out some things, but I I do find that the whole thing's plotted. It's less interesting to write. There's so much magic to discover as you're working in the book that I, I kind of am like, I don't really want to know everything that's going to happen. I'd much rather just know enough to kind of get me to the next place. So, mm-hmm. um, so okay. So briefly tell our listeners, if you can, sort of the a little like a bit about the, the rest of the books in the series, because it's good for people to know sort of, um, you know, that there's so many, I mean, when somebody loves a book, it's, they're always happy to hear that it's a, a series. Absolutely. Um, so in the second book, um, Petra and Kasim essentially have to work together. He he starts off in exile and she has to kind of draw him back in and they have to work together to stop a terrorist plot um, that is arising from a Russian mole within the agency. Um, and then, so that story starts out in Paris and then moves from New York to DC. Um, The third book in the series has a really good friend of Petra's who's a um, supporting character in the first book, Carlos. He asks her to help him um, bring a illicit arms dealer to justice who was responsible for the death of a close friend of his when he was on an operation 10 years before. Um, And so in that process, she gets involved and then Kasim gets involved. Uh, and then this fine, uh, most recent book, um, not the final book, the most recent book um, has them trying to hunt down that same mole uh, from the second book and after he's escaped basically. And so the mole goes into hiding in Burundi in the African Great Lakes, East African region. and. So they show up there to hunt him down and they realize that it's actually, he's there as part of a much bigger plot, which involves a military coup attempt that the Chinese are about to orchestrate to make sure they get this big infrastructure power deal. Wow. Wow. I love it. So there's like, so you've got the continuing characters and then you've got new characters who bring in sort of new issues and problems. I love that. So this is, you're an indie um, author, right? You have, it sounds like, is the fourth is the fourth book in the series out yet? Yes, it came out. Okay, in so January. you've got five um, published books. Mm-hmm. And did you, when the when you sort of finished your first book, what was the process? Did you submit to agents and publishers, or did you decide I want to do this on my own? Because people are doing so well with self publishing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I have five thrillers and then one standalone that's a family drama, uh, which also is indie. Um, One of my thrillers, The Standalone, that one's traditionally published. But um, when I wrote the first book, The Spirit of Destruction, uh, so I didn't know anything about the industry. Um, Self-publishing was starting to become bigger, but Mm -hmm. hadn't really made nearly as much of a dent as it has now. Um, But I, so I, I thought about going the agent traditional publishing route, Um, but not knowing anything about the industry, I didn't realize there was this whole query process. So Mm -hmm. just kind of through a friend of a friend got connected to 
an agent and she read um, an earlier draft of The Spirit of Destruction. And she said, I like the book. She gave me some great feedback, which I'm super grateful for. And um, but then she was like, you know, I just don't really think that there's going to be a lot of appetite for such an international plot um, in the American publishing uh, world. And, you know, knowing what I know now about the industry, I wouldn't necessarily take one agent's word as, uh, you know, the be all end all, but in this case, uh, I did. And so I was initially advised like, oh, you should just write another book. Don't publish this. And I was like, that's, that seems very silly (laughs) Um, because I think there's something here. And uh, so I, started doing more investigating on self-publishing. I found an editor through the Maryland Writers Association, which was absolutely essential. Um, yes. It was great. And um, and then just kind of figured it out step by step, uh, which yeah. is very challenging. Um, yeah. Definitely didn't know what I was doing. Um, and, you know, arguably, I'm still figuring a lot of it out. But, right. uh, but I'm really glad that I, I didn't just you know, stop side. writing that series. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, really enjoy it. And I love those characters. And I think yeah. at this point now have developed a pretty good reader base and that kind of thing. That's a cool. Yeah. That's great. Well, good. For, I love that. I love the stories where it was like, nope, that's not the way I want to do it. You know, versus I think a lot of people self-publish as an option too, because, you know, they get a lot of rejection and then they, you know, and I think, there's a lot of benefits to it, I think, but it is a lot of work. I mean, the amount of work you have to do as a um, indie author is is substantial. And do you also work? I do. Um, so it's not a regular hour day job, um, yeah. although it does take up a ton of time. So I do freelance consulting work um, for primarily uh, the World Banks, but I do international development type projects um we work on well the world bank does lots of things but the stuff i work on has to do with small business development um i started out working all over africa and then now i have a few projects um in south america as well um and it's a lot of fun i mean i wouldn't give it up um you know that's it's, it's definitely a within the the author community, everybody's sort of expecting, when are you going to give up your day job? And it's not really how I think about it. Um, I'd probably scale things back a little bit, just have a little bit more time. But um, I really like the work and I love the travel. Um, Yeah. How, how, I know. So how, how often do you travel for that? Uh, So post COVID it's, less predictable so before it used to be um well I mean actually it's run the gamut so back um up until we moved to Colorado that was back in 2019 I used to do about two or three big trips a year but those would be six to seven weeks each Um, oh my gosh yeah don't really like doing such long trips anymore so now it's more like two maximum three weeks um and uh there'll be three to four of them per year ish but yeah post covid that schedule is really all over the place everybody's realized how much you can get done without yeah without yeah yeah and are you um i mean like these are your your projects that are africa or south america or is that where you're going 
Yeah. Yeah. So um, Doesn't right now. Sounds my... terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I have a lot of fun. I mean, there's, yeah. there's something amazing about every place and I've really gotten to explore a lot of stuff that's yeah not touristy and very right. much off the radar like Burundi wouldn't be on most people's tourism list but I absolutely fell in love with that country um yeah I don't even know that country <laughs> yeah it's it's an amazing place I and mean, it's very small just uh so in East Africa you have um several very large yeah. lakes and the bigger countries are Uganda, yeah, um, Tanzania. Those are all down that strip of the Great Lakes region. But um, Rwanda and Burundi, both smaller countries. Um, yeah, I've heard of Rwanda. I mean, I yeah. just that's crazy that there's countries I haven't heard of. Not that crazy, I guess. I do live most <laughs> of the time in the basement. Um, so that brings <laughs> me to another question. Like, so for these books, how? I mean, there has to be a lot of research. So how much? You know, I mean, and that, and of course, we all know that's fiction, which means you get to twist and turn a lot of rules and and make up your own stuff. But how, you know, how did you do your research, and how much of it is, and how much of the stories are sort of historically based, or you know, based in the reality, and how much of it is poetic license? So a lot of it is based in reality, but one of the things especially with this series uh with the Ariman legacy series i did set it near future to when the books came out and so mm -hmm. that gave me a little bit more creative license um, yes. to set up. um so the history to publication date is broadly in alignment and then xyz happens after that so for example um in Madagascar, where the, um, half the third book takes place, uh, I had been out there to work on um, setting up a solar plant. And Madagascar, like many African countries, has a power crisis. And um, so in the lead up in the book, I said that they kind of solved this problem and had developed the beachfront region where we were trying to develop our power plant, uh, because that gave me a little bit more, you know, just simple things like functional yeah. roads um yes like, right the ability for tourists to get to these places cell and service sunny, right but, <laughs> the, the ability um, to use a phone yeah yeah I can totally sure. see that that's that is true and sometimes yeah you're like I'm sorry but that road closure is not going to work for my book <laughs> and you have to just be like we're opening it um that is so it is so interesting and I think um it sounds like a lot of fun so you must have I mean clearly you know a lot because of your work experience and you're also how you grew up but um, but there, you know, what about like the sort of weaponry and the agency stuff? Did you have somebody help you? Did you kind of like invent it in a way? We all seen enough TV shows to give it things a guess, but you know, how did that work for you? The mix of things. So definitely a chunk of online research, um, talking to people, people are surprisingly yeah. willing to talk, uh, you know, as long as they're anonymous and they don't actually have to tell you about operational details and then there's right. been uh podcasts and things like that more and more uh that give you little bits of flavor um and then i i also so i called my um spy organization the agency and it's not the cia it's a right uh and so that gave me a little bit more license too totally yeah because yeah. the cia has been written about a lot 
So we know, yeah. <laughs> we know too much about those guys anyway. Um, so that's super exciting. So, okay. Um, tell me, um, well, we sort of talked about this a little bit, but I guess, you know, if you can talk about the, um, what, you know, the biggest challenges to, you know, being an indie author and then what you like about it. Cause I think people, we don't hear from a lot of indie authors and I think it's good to know sort of the, the ups and downs of it, the pros and cons. Ah, um, so the most difficult thing was just the, the amount you have to learn about, um, for sure. So it's just like, okay, so you have to figure out little things like, I mean, little things like cover and formatting. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those, they're actually much better tools now for formatting than when I started, for example, but, um, and finding an editor, but then you also have to figure out all this marketing stuff, um, which, and I think to a large extent, authors, we do quite a bit of our own marketing now anyway, right, but right. you're really down in the weeds with a lot of the stuff um, as an indie author, like setting up Amazon keywords and ads and ideally the ones who are the most successful you know you're going back to those um every few weeks and tweaking and updating and things like that um and doing a lot of tests of changing your book description seeing what converts and that kind of thing um the second part of your question was sort of like what have i learned right is that no what have you what do you like about it what's great oh. what are what's nice about being an, an indie author I really like that I've been able to write about what I want. Um, and I think the direction of the industry has moved a little bit to allow more yeah. international flavor and more diversity and things like that. But yeah. uh, I'm not constrained by, and I, I don't want to sound glib, but like this isn't relevant to a western audience enough or something like that because yeah that yeah are actually pretty interested in, you know. and i i kind of i mean i i just sort of disagree with your agent or the agent you spoke to i think there's so much interest in it and maybe it was different you know in a few years ago but i i feel like you're in a beautiful spot and this kind of you know the the all the foreign um experiences and somebody who's life was so different like growing up in Kuwait is a that's not many of us know somebody who did that so that's I think it's wonderfully fun to read about so I I disagree with her I think she's probably an idiot but I don't know her so I <laughs> sorry but you don't need don't don't give us her name because I don't want to no no her. absolutely not <laughs> um but uh, and then so I want to ask like, what is next what are you you know sounds like you're going to do continue the series are you going to try Try writing another standalone as well or is are you on this, the series is sort of your your love right now uh so i have one more book in the series for sure um okay. so that book's uh written and i just actually finished the first revision last week so that's Great. exciting um so that'll come out probably towards the end of the year um, yeah with editing timelines and getting yeah. everything and um and then I have um, a new book that is the start of another series, uh, which is totally different. It's um, alternate history conspiracy uh, takes place in 1991 is when it would start. And then we'll see 
I know the setting of the second book of that series, but I don't know anything else yet. <laughs> Got it. And do you think you'll, and how will you handle that? Will you talk to agents about it or will you just, you just like, I love my indie life and I'm just going to stick there. Um, I think for that one, I'm not going to query. Uh, Cause I just, I mean, I think it's great and it has given a lot of wonderful results to many, many people. So I don't want to make that sound like yeah yeah um, but uh, I'm not gonna query I will um be going to a couple of conventions this year left coast and thriller fest for sure mm -hmm. and you know in that time frame if I meet an agent who's interested um and you know wants to read the book or read part of the book and yeah you know, things progress from there I'll definitely be open to that angle um but if that doesn't happen that way I think uh, I've got a pretty good route going forward hey that's fantastic well okay so you have four books in um the Ariman legacy um story and a fifth one coming out this year and tell us the name of your standalone oh I knew that already what was the name of your um, standalone thriller? Sirens of Memory. Okay, that's right. Sirens of Memory. Well, okay, so also tell um, our listeners where to find you. Obviously, the book's available on Amazon. Do you have a website? Are you, you're on Instagram or Facebook. Where do people find you? Um, so I have a website, um, pujaguha.com. I also am on all, well, not TikTok at least not at this moment. Uh, oh I am on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, I've gone through phases where I'm super duper inactive and right now a little bit more active. I don't yeah. know where that will level out. We'll see. But uh, either way, I, I mean, I definitely respond to messages or, you know, posts where I'm tagged or whatever. Fantastic. Um, I know we need to do like a TikTok we need to get together and have like a TikTok tutorial because I'm, I feel way too old for TikTok, but I do like, I watched like Geneva Rose do it. And I'm like, that woman, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be like, Geneva, can you throw out, can you throw one my way once in a while? Just make a TikTok <laughs> for me. Um, but anyway, I, I totally get that. Well, um, this was, it was really fun to talk to you. This is, I'm so excited that there are more books in the series. Um, I love Petra. I, I love, I'm going to mess up his name one more time. Kasim? Yeah, Kasim. Why is that not sick in my brain? Um, anyway, I love them both. And I love sort of the, the dynamics. So this is really fun. And I, uh, I'll look forward to the more books in the series. And I was really fun to chat with you today, Pooja. Thank you so much. It was such a great time. Uh, will so, I get to see you at any of the conventions later this year? I'll be at Thriller Fest. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, I'll be there. So we'll... we'll meet up and have a um, glass of wine and celebrate um so thank you for joining me and everybody who's listening this has been killer women with puja guha and i will see you next time bye bye thank you so much